What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my brother from another mother, Mr. Blake Ivy. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Had a good Halloween. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did a lot of stuff. Got a lot of candy. So, of course, I've been eating candy for for the last, you know, since we got it. I've just been eating candy. It's been great. Um, but it's been good. Uh, in news that is big in my life, and most people won't care, but some of you might, Libby, my daughter, who's two and a half, is, she basically is potty trained. Hey! Yeah, like, like this weekend. Like, we started Saturday, and she's just, like, ready to go it's great so that's awesome you know i i heard uh it was one of the guys from taskmaster um who was the the indian guy with the lazy eye just i i just wanted to say it that way for political correctness uh what is his name i want to say it's like raj something rajesh yeah. or something like that yeah i was watching a stand-up bit that he did and he said you know i've never met anybody who is like, yeah, you know what? I just never was potty trained. I just didn't, it just didn't, just didn't take. I didn't, I've just never, actually, I just pooped on the floor right now. Like, I just, <laughs> I just wasn't, you know? It's not like riding a bike where, like, I legit don't really know how to ride a bike. I've never met anybody that it was like, yeah, I just never, just never, nobody ever taught me. I so. do, I do, that, that does, like, lead me to a wondering thought, which I probably shouldn't have, but it's like, how long would a person go in life, like if their parents didn't even like attempt it? How long yeah. would a person go in life before they realize maybe I shouldn't be doing this thing that is so normal to me? You know, pooping in their pants. Right. You know? I think at, at, at I think at the latest possible it would be puberty. Like you'd be like, no, I got to stop this now. Yeah, like, this, I'm trying this, to this get... feels wrong. Right. I'm trying to. <laughs> I am never gonna get a get a girlfriend if if I keep <laughs> just crapping in my pants. The the it's ultimate the ultimate motivation for yeah, for getting it, a girlfriend uh, or the same for, reason, for getting potty trained. Yeah, yeah, the same reason guys do literally everything else, you know. <laughs> um, unless you're Tom Brady, and then maybe for him it would be like, hey, Tom, you can't be on the football team wearing a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Which at this point he's almost old enough I that mean, he's full cycle. Gonna he might have to. He, he's like, probably he doing ends ads. Probably closer to that than than the start of his NFL career. That's, yeah. yeah, that's very true. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, how was your? How, how are you, man? How are you doing? Uh, today has not been a great day for me. Oh. Uh, the NFL trade deadline was today. Oh yep. Uh, the deadline came and passed. There were some teams that made moves. There were some teams that didn't make moves. I don't know if we want to jump like right into this right off the bat. Uh, let's let's save it. Okay. I've got we've got okay. plans. I've got plans. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you some time. Okay. Oh, I'm definitely gonna need time. I got oh, I know. a lot to say. Yeah, I'll just that'll be when I take my bathroom break. Is I'll just tee up. <laughs> I'll just hop off the mic. Oh man. Well, should we just uh, jump in the best of the booth then? Kick things off. With our normal segment, let's do it. I can I go first. Go for it. So I want to go first because I want to. I I hate it. Okay, I hate it. I hate what I'm about to say. Don't like it at all. Um, but I don't want to just breeze past it. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that I I know where you're going with this. What's your guess? My guess is that you're going to a certain Bears quarterback. 
no. Okay, cool. Worse. All right, cool. Awesome. It's worse. Oh. Okay. My best of the booth is the defense for the New Orleans Saints. Interesting. So I literally I, I, I teared up a little when I said I do I wish like I do wish I had known this because my under review is maybe the eleven guys that were playing against that defense. But <laughs> um well well see here's here's my thing. Anytime I I have utmost respect for any time a team shuts out another team. This is right. one of the most difficult things to do in the NFL. You really only see it a couple times a year, maybe. Um, it is a it is a feat to be able to do that, especially against a team that has a guy who was like top five in passing yards last year and Devontae Adams on the same team. Yeah. Like you you pitched a shutout against that team. The Saints had a pick, four sacks, and they only allowed thirty eight rushing yards. Thirty eight rushing yards. Uh, zero points to any team is is impressive. So the probably the only time you'll ever hear me talk highly of the Saints ever. Um, hats off to the Saints defense. They deserved some recognition. Anytime you you pitch a shutout in the NFL, um, props props to that. So, but I would like to be done talking about it now. What's your best? <laughs> well, yeah. So it's it's gonna feel a little weird to do my best of the booth and then my under review given who my under review is so i think i'm gonna do them in reverse order and just make this whole this whole episode feel weird uh let's do it but my under review is the las vegas raiders offense um because they scored zero points against a saints defense that was given up 28 and a half points per game going into week yep. eight yep. Uh, i continue to not understand how this offense can be this inefficient <clears throat> especially in a game against a not good Saints defense uh, like this. Um, this has to be the low point in Vegas this season, if you, if you ask me. Uh, I understand the poor record that they had going into Week 8, but they've at least been in most of their games thus far. But to get shut out, I I genuinely just don't understand it. Um, no. The offensive line did no favors to Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. As you said, they allowed four sacks, nine quarterback hits, seven tackles for a loss. Uh, but when you have a playmaker like Devontae Adams, there is zero reason that, who I think is the best wide receiver in football, maybe a little biased there, uh, there's mm. zero reason that he should be held to three yards on one reception. That's garbage. Yeah. And just to add to it, it took until garbage time with three minutes left, and Jarrett Stidham, the backup quarterback in the game, before this team even had a play in Saints territory. That's wow. crazy. Crazy. Wow. Yes. And, like, part of me, when, when I was looking at this game, part of what, what surprised me is that the Raiders only ran the ball 13 times. I mean... Like, it goes back to kind of what we said in the Discord earlier today, that when you're playing from behind, you tend to shy away from the run because you're having to... Passing is such a quicker way to score. And and it saves clock time. So, But, like, that game that game wasn't out of hand. Like, first no. quarter... You're, it's The first quarter, it was 7-0. Now, second quarter, it gets to 17-0. Yeah. But even, even then, like, down 17... At halftime, you're not that afraid. Yeah, like, it, it was 24 nothing early on in the third quarter. So 
for most of the second half, they were they were in a twenty four point hole. So yeah, I just I just don't understand it. I don't either. Um, when especially when you have, I would say Josh Jacobs is a top ten running back in the league. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't say I it. Mm, he might be borderline top five, but he's at least top ten. And when you have a yeah. top ten running back, like you should be using him a lot more. And they kind of had been for the previous, you know, seven weeks. But I don't know, man. I I don't understand. I I think a lot of it has to come down to coaching. I mean, I don't think any anybody we know. I mean, me and you certainly weren't, and I don't think any of the guests that we've had on the podcast or anybody in the Discord were super high on this Josh McDaniels hiring. We saw what he was his first time around as a head coach and it wasn't good. And now he gets a second job or second chance out in Vegas. And it hasn't been good through half the season almost. Uh, And I don't, I don't want to attribute it all to him, but there is something to be said about coaching in the NFL. And, and when you have teams that have talent that constantly underperform, I think the, the one constant is the head coach. Go back, yeah. go back to the head coach. I think that, I don't know. I, I would take a long, hard look at that if I'm in the Raiders front office in the off season, or yeah, potentially even before the off season. I mean, especially for a team that that a lot of people, not me, thought. I mean, they were a playoff team last year. Yeah, with maybe a worse roster, a worse like, roster and a underqualified interim head coach. Yeah, who, who, so, who honestly should have gotten the job going into this year. Yes, like holy cow, yes. And so, especially when you have Josh McDaniels, who is a failed head coach already. Yeah. Like, why is he even getting a second chance to begin with? So I don't know. I it I it, it amazes me how many times coaches are given second chances in the NFL. I mean, you see it a lot in college football too, and I I don't understand it. I mean, I guess I guess that a coach can have the only reason why I would say that coaches deserve a second chance is if you have a guy like like a Mike McCarthy, who early on in his career in uh, in Green Bay had success, won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, and yeah. then you know it kind of fizzled out down the later years. Maybe you can get a little bit more of that, a, a little bit of a, a revitalization to his his career by giving him a second chance but a guy especially like, for him that he was never really a failure as a right, head coach right i think he had a winning record when he left green bay right Pro- like, probably and some of that is yeah. probably the talent that he had there which is fair but i mean yeah. he's been he's been i've i've knocked him in during his time in dallas but he's been fine in dallas like he hasn't been yeah. bad uh but someone like that I, I can see getting a second chance a guy like andy reed who left uh the philadelphia eagles like he gets another shot at being a head coach in kansas city it's obviously gone great for him in kansas city but someone like josh mcdaniels who was awful in denver when he was when he was their head coach why is that guy getting a second chance yeah i I think i mean i think it's probably like we we talked about um i don't know if it was last week or week before but we've talked about it i guess it would have been last week because the week before i wasn't here um but there are some coordinators that are just so good at their side of the ball. Yeah. That when they get back in that position, other teams are like, we want that. And the only way to get you away is to hire you as a head coach. Right. You know, like if somebody wants Dan Quinn's defense, what are you going to do? You can't hire him as the defensive coordinator. He's not leaving Dallas. Like, I mean, like, you can if you pay him more money. 
Yeah, but I don't I don't know how much more money teams have budgeted. You don't hear a team like breaking the bank for a coordinator. You know, like I don't but, even know how much I mean, coordinators make. But like, like that's not like, a blip on the radar. I mean, neither me or you are in NFL front offices, and probably for a good reason. Although I can Definitely make an argument that I can make an argument that I deserve to be in one uh, after today. But uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Why aren't offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators paid more if they're worth it, like a Dan Quinn? I don't know. You know, I mean, because because obviously what he brings to uh, defensive scheming, because he did it in Seattle and he's doing it in Dallas, is is worth it. Why not pay him more? I mean, if it's, in my opinion, he's more important to that defense than Mike McCarthy is. So why not wow. pay him? So the average salary for an NFL coordinator is around one million dollars. What? Versus a head coach's, I don't know. <laughs> I figured you had like all of it pulled up over there. No, <laughs> eight million. So wow. Um, but like again, uh, so again, for reference, uh, Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland Browns, four million. Right. Um. So yeah, I, I think that. I don't know. It's weird to me that like they can be such a commodity, but okay, here we go. NBC Sports giving me the highest paid coaches. Uh, this is as of uh, July. So you got Sean McVay, fifteen to eighteen million. Overpaid. Belichick is twelve and a half million. Pete Carroll's eleven million. Fair. Kyle Shanahan is nine and a half million. I, I could John argue. Harbaugh, I could argue million. overpaid also on that. Oh, you want to hear two rough ones? Frank Reich, nine million. Matt Rule, eight and a half million. Yikes! Over Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid, both at eight million. What are you doing, paying Matt Rule that much Sheesh. to come from college? Sheesh! Wow, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, to me, it's weird because I I honestly wonder if coordinators are more important than head coaches to some extent. I you think, know, like I think they can be. So why would you not, especially when you're giving Russell Wilson $240 million? Yeah. Hire a real head coach. Like, invest <laughs> a little bit of that money in a real head coach instead of I mean, again, Nathaniel Hackett. You know? Again, I, I will say it until I'm proven wrong, but I think that Denver just expected everything to go right and go their way when Nathaniel Hackett was hired, uh, meaning Aaron Rodgers comes with them. But... Yeah. Things didn't happen that way. Uh, and even if Rodgers did go with him, who's to say that, that, that he'd be yeah. any more successful? Like Either one of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I'll jump over to my best of the booth now uh, <laughs> and just yeah continue this crazy mess of, a, of an episode that we have. But my best of the booth has to go to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, mm. An absolute force of nature out there for San Francisco. He had... 18 carries for 94 yards and a touchdown. He had eight receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. And he had a pass attempt for 34 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this is the CMC that we all anxiously awaited seeing this season after coming back from injury. This is the CMC we all hope to see in a Shanahan offense out in San Francisco. He did it all on Sunday for the 49ers. 
He's the first player since the great Ladanian Tomlinson in 2005 to record a rush touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a passing touchdown all in the wow. same game. A one-man wrecking crew against a broken and battered Rams defense. Have a day, Christian McCaffrey. I like that, a battered Rams defense. That's good. <laughs> well done. Well done on that one. I'm good every now and again. Look at you. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, man. CMC with Kyle Shanahan is dangerous. I, I For my legit or counterfeit, I almost asked, uh, <clears throat> I was going to ask, it, with Debo Samuel healthy, Yeah, is this the best offense in the NFL? But then yes. I was like, I was like, neither one of us are going to say counterfeit. That's just like, I think everybody in their right mind would be like, yeah, this is the, the one. The offense. one problem, the one problem is they have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And, right. and is that really a problem? Like, he's still solid. I think yeah. it's more of a liability, but not necessarily a problem. Right. Yeah. Especially because he has chemistry with those guys. You know, right. like he knows you can trust him to to get the ball to those guys in the way you've designed the plays. You know, exactly. Of course, yeah. he's going to make mistakes because he's Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's kind of like a you've learned to live with it at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Who you got under review? Under review for me in, in what was the most. Interesting game going into this week for all intents and purposes was um, New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks. We all kind of wanted to see, okay, both of you guys are doing way better than we expected you to. Everybody, everybody in the whole world um, expected you to. So what? what's the deal? What's going on here? And it was all fine, except for one man who ruined it all. The one man who ruined it all, who most people have never heard the man's name before. <laughs> most people didn't even know who this guy was. I didn't. Didn't know who this was. <laughs> Richie James. You're like, Blake, why Why is this Richie James's fault? Why are you bringing him in here? What has he done? What has Richie James done? I'll tell you what Richie James did. He fumbled a punt. Not just once. Two times this man fumbled a punt. Both teams had similar games. Both of them had uh, lackluster rushing performances. Surprising for these two teams. Um, they both had terrible third down percentages. Geno Smith, naturally, had a great game. Um, but they they didn't have the ball. They didn't have to move the ball much for two whole drives because Richie James fumbled it and handed it to them <laughs> right there in plus territory. So... Yeah. It's just like these two teams were pretty evenly matched, but we like it's hard to be like, we don't really know what they are still because it was all tainted by a guy who can't catch a punt. And listen, never in my entire life have I attempted to catch an NFL punt. I'm not saying that I could do any better than Richie James. As a matter of fact, I promise you I would do worse. I promise. Absolutely promise I would do worse. But. Like, we all were thinking, hey, let's see what these two teams have. And I don't think that question has been answered. Like, I don't think it's fair for us to say definitively the Seahawks are a better team when you have one guy make such a, one insignificant player make such significant errors That's fair. that impact the team. And so, like, again, I'm not, I don't want to take any credit away from the Seahawks in this win. Uh, they, they, they went out there and they did win the game. They did what it took to win the game. So, Props to them. I, I but it, to me, it just it feels like we got a little cheated because Richie James, whose job is to catch the punt, did just catch it, man. Just 
wave your arm in the air. Please don't hit me. Nobody's allowed to hit you then. Yeah. Catch the ball. Under review, Richie James. You're under review. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I hadn't thought about it that way with that game. Uh, I I do think both of those teams are in good positions. Um, yeah. And and maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a, a matchup of them uh, in in the playoffs, and and we can see who really is the better of the two. I it, it's it's so weird that those two teams are as good as they are record wise right now. I still don't. I still. I still don't completely buy into either one of them. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential that they're frauds. Um, they have played somewhat weak schedules. Um, I do want to see them against like a true powerhouse team, but at the same time, is there really many true powerhouse teams in the NFL right now? I mean, outside of the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Vikings, maybe. Well, I put the Cowboys. Cowboys, maybe. Like, is there really true outside of those five teams? Is there a true powerhouse outside of those guys? I don't think yeah. so. I mean, look, you, the, the three teams that a lot of the the media wanted to say were the best teams in the NFC were the Rams, Bucks, and, and Packers. And yep. those three teams all stink right now. Stinky poo poo. They're all garbage. All of them have losing records, right? All of them have losing records by at least two games. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would almost say that I don't see any of those three teams making the playoffs this year, which is crazy. To have a playoffs without Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, and they're both still in the league, is hard to believe. And the reigning Super Bowl champions. Yeah. All three of them. That's, yeah, crazy. that's crazy. It's crazy. But that's where we're at. So, uh, so uh, maybe maybe the Giants Local and Seahawks season. are fantastic. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I don't know anything at all about football. Apparently, nope. We, none of us do. We're all just we're all just learning. We're learning as we go. <laughs> all right. So for legit or counterfeit this week, we decided to switch up a little bit. We decided to do winners and losers of the trade deadline. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So who? Uh, do you... So I didn't know. I didn't, you said you were saying that like you had everything ready. Like, do you have? Oh no, I have. I have everything great. ready. Uh, I mean, yeah. do you want to break it down into like a winner and a clear loser? Because I have, each, I have one trade... of each. No, 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 not 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 each. Okay, like oh, a I specific did, uh... team. Okay, so when I texted that to you, I changed my mind after the fact, and I was like, he'll just go with it. He doesn't really. Text okay, cool. Anyway. So uh, I know I know who you have as your loser of the trade deadline. Okay. I think we all can guess. 100%. Um, so what I wanted to do instead is I'm actually going to run you through. Uh, there were 12 trades made today okay. um, on the trade deadline, which is the most in NFL history to make be made on the trade deadline. That's per NFL research Twitter account, which right. I didn't know existed, and I followed them now. Um, but <laughs> so I'm going to go in reverse order. From uh, earliest today to the most last minute. So uh, I'm going to skip like the signings and like wavings, things like that. So um, the biggest one of the day, the Ravens, uh, they got Roquan Smith from Chicago in exchange for AJ Klein, a 2023 second and fifth round pick. Um, Yes, that was the trade. 
sorry, the rest of it was other uh, roster information. So Bears traded Roquan Smith to, uh, what? No, that's not it. The Ravens got, they wrote it wrong. The Ravens got Roquan Smith from Chicago in exchange for AJ Klein, a 2023 second round pick and a fifth round pick. Who was the winner? Who was the loser of that trade? Uh, Mind you, Roquan Smith's contract expires at the end of this year. And if Roquan Smith leaves in free agency um, because of his, however, compensatory picks work, I don't know if it's based on, but the Ravens, if he leaves, they will get a third round compensatory pick. So at Um, best, this trade is a long-term Roquan Smith. At worst, they traded AJ Klein a second and fifth round for a third rounder. And half a year for Roquan Smith. Yeah, I'll say the winner is the Bears. I don't like saying that. I think the Ravens... I think really? It, I think this is a move that the Ravens needed to make for a defense that struggles at times. Um, Roquan Smith is one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, I think that... Baltimore needed to make this trade and hopefully they can get an extension done with them to keep him around long-term to, to make it worth it. But I think if it ends up being that he does leave, the Ravens don't win a Super Bowl this year, then what do you, you're left with a third round pick and you gave up a second and a fifth. Um, yeah, that's, that's why I would say the bears are the winner. But if, if it works out for the Ravens, if maybe they may, they win a Super Bowl this year. Um, or maybe they're able to keep him around with an extension, then I think the Ravens win. But just face value right now, not knowing the future, I got to give it to the Bears. Ah, see, I would go Ravens. I would say Ravens win the trade um, because here's what you hope. But I don't know if there's any way they can sign Roquan to big money. I, I don't think there's a way they can do it uh, because they have to pay Lamar Jackson. You've got to pay Lamar Jackson if Fair. you're Baltimore. Fair. So... What you do is you bring in Roquan, you give him one half of a year in your system, in your locker room, and you say, would you take a discount to stay here long-term and be a major building block? We can't give you max money, but you get to be on the other side of the ball from an MVP-winning quarterback and playing for one of the best coaches in the NFL in one of the teams most known for their defense in the NFL, being the leader of that defense. You want to be part of that? You know, so I think that's probably what they're hoping to do, because yeah. I don't think there's any way they they sign him to a massive contract with the Lamar Jackson contract looming. Um, yeah, but maybe anyway, I, I think the Ravens win it. Maybe it's because I like Roquan a lot. I think he's a super talented linebacker. No, I, I agree. He makes that defense so much better. Yeah, um, that they honestly. I mean, it might put them in position to make a run this year. Yeah, it's so still I, it's still tough though. I mean, the AFC is so oh, it is. freaking yeah. loaded, man. Um, so now I'm just going to question everything that ESPN has written since they wrote that from the perspective of the Bears, <laughs> and it says they traded Roquan to Chicago. Yeah, which doesn't make sense. Um, so the Washington Commanders traded william jackson the third to pittsburgh i don't think either one of us know what nope. that means and it doesn't have the rest of what happened no nope. um good for uh, you commanders cool way to I, go i guess maybe way i don't go. know or or pittsburgh good yeah. for you one of you you're, you're uh, both you winners both winners in my book because you did something yeah you did something you did something on trade deadline we'll get don't calm down 
Calm down, Big Bear. Calm down. Uh, so the 49ers traded Jeff Wilson to Miami exchange for a 2023 fifth round draft pick. Uh, I say they both win. Jeff yeah. Wilson, yeah, fair, solid like backup running back, fifth rounder, not too expensive. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. Way to go, guys. Um, the Steelers traded Chase Claypool for a second round draft pick. Yep. Who won? Who lost? Well. Claypool has a whole nother year on his contract, I believe. Am I am I correct? Um, I do believe that is correct, yes. Yeah. So you're getting a year and a half of Chase Claypool minimum on the cheap because he's on his rookie contract. Uh, yep. And you gave up a second round pick. Um, first off, I don't know. What are the Bears doing making this? Like, what are you doing? If, if you're going to make trades like this to help out your offense... What are you doing releasing your two best defensive players in, in Robert Quinn and mm-hmm. Roquan Smith? I don't understand what's happening in, in the Bears' front office yeah, uh, no to idea. do that. Um, so just off that alone, I'm going to say the Steelers won this. Also, yeah. I think a lot of people weren't expecting a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, which is mind-blowing to me because I think he's worth it. Um, but, yeah, just, I'll just, go Steelers. Just- just to frame all of this, because there's a couple other, uh, I know there's at least one other wide receiver trade that happened today. Um, Amari Cooper only brought in a fifth round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. So Amari Cooper cost a fifth rounder. Oh, tr- trust me, Blake. I'm I'm well aware of uh, the cost of recent wide receiver trades. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that the Steelers won this one. Um, I think that the Steelers are pretty, pretty stacked at wide receiver. They've got Deontay Johnson. They have, um, uh, they have Dagon George Pickens. Yeah. Um, you've got Pat Fryermuth at tight end. That's a solid, that's a solid. And you've got Najee Harris, um, who, who is a receiving threat himself. So, I think for that, I think for the money that Claypool might command and his lack of production for his yeah rookie, like his rookie year, I think he got a lot of a lot of attention, and then he was solid his rookie year. I mean, he had a great yeah. year, and he's huge, like big dude. But he hasn't been as great since. No, and so for a second rounder, I do feel like that's kind of a. I feel like. Yes. I would take a second rounder for Chase Claypool, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Steelers won that one. Yeah, I think the Steelers absolutely did. They didn't need him any necessarily anymore. Sure, it'd be nice to keep him around, but if you're getting somebody to give you a second round pick, why would you not take that? Um Yeah. yeah. Um next big signing, you had the Vikings traded a 2023 second and 2024 third round pick for TJ Hawkinson, a fourth round pick and a 24 conditional fourth round pick. So again, to recap, they sent TJ Hawkinson a fourth and another fourth Yeah. for a second and third round pick. Yes. Bottom line. Yeah. Who wins that trade? 
I think the Vikings probably do. Um, the Vikings are in a really good position as one of the better teams in the NFC to make a run at a Super Bowl. Uh, I believe Irv Smith is out for a decent amount of time, so they needed a a tight end to be brought in. Um, yes, they and, did. They did put Irv Smith Jr. on uh, IR. Yeah, and and TJ Hawkinson is uh, one one of the again just like Josh Jacobs, he's at least top ten uh, tight end. You could probably make an argument that he might be borderline top five, um, just because there's not a ton of great tight end talent outside of Kelsey yeah. Kittle Andrews. Um, you could maybe put an argument that Pitts is there as well, but yeah, but usage, yeah, right. And and Hawkinson enters an offense that is elite level offense. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. Like this is a good offense. This should be a scary offense um, with another receiving threat like T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, so I think I'm gonna go Vikings. I don't think they super overpaid for him. Um, they got you know a couple of fourths back with them. So yeah, I I think. I'd go Vikings. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of leaning that way too. I mean, I I don't know what the Lions are doing. Like you, your offense is the strength of your team. I don't know, I don't know that a second round makes second and third round pick in different drafts. I agree. You a better team. Than I think they're. I think they're. Planning on building for the future, knowing that they're not contenders this year. Probably viewing that they're not going to be contenders next year either, although I don't see why they couldn't be uh, if they make just a couple of defensive moves. But we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a necessarily a dumb move for Detroit. I don't think it's a great move either, but I want to say Hawk was on his last year of his rookie contract. Um, maybe he's got one more year. He's, he does have one more year left. Yeah. Okay. So I, either way, like you're getting close to where you're going to have to pay to keep him around. And maybe they don't feel like they're that close to being a contending team yet. I don't know. So this makes me wonder about Jared Goff. So right now, uh, Jared Goff is expected to get... I'm real. I don't understand how contract works. A base salary for the next two years of twenty million dollars a year okay. in 2023, 2024. But there is a potential out this off season if you pay him. If you take a ten million dollar dead cap hit. Okay. So I'm wondering if if this is leaning towards a complete Lions rebuild. And they're going to go after one of the top QBs in this draft, knowing that they have Panay Sewell, a building block for the offensive line. Um, they've got uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got DeAndre Swift. I they've mean, got a pretty solid offense to plug a Bryce Young into. I mean, sure, but like you can still do that without going full rebuild. The Lions are 1-6 right now. They have the worst record in the NFL, I believe. Because the Texans have a tie, so they're technically a half game better. Uh, so, like, you're sitting in position to get the number one pick. I don't understand, like, uh, trading away T.J. Hawkinson doesn't necessarily point you any better to a full rebuild. I mean, I get the jo that Jared Goff might leave this year, and maybe he should. Um, but you can still, like... there's n The Lions have been in a rebuild for, like, ten years now, I feel like. So yeah. what are like what are we doing? You are I mean I think 
I see this as kind of like a mini rebuild. Like, you don't like what you're seeing from Jared Goff, so let's go get a rookie. Well, I and don't by think the that... time that rookie develops, you're not going to pay TJ Hawkinson. And so if somebody's offering you something for him, you're going to be like, okay, yeah. I mean, I we weren't going to pay him anyway. The mini rebuild started when they traded Stafford. I mean, honestly, if, if you're going to do that. Because honestly, like, you are a couple of key defensive players away from being a contending team. If that team had a little bit more on defense, a little bit more on defense, they're probably sitting at at worst three and three and four this right now. Yeah, like you're again, and that's a couple of pieces. Go draft a, a handful of decent defensive players. Go pay for good defensive players in free agency. Bring them in to pair them with one of the best scoring offenses in the league. Like you're not far away. You could be contending next year if you make the right moves in the offseason. But it's the Lions and they probably won't. Right. Man. What else you, we got? You're just angry about all your teams. I, all, listen, all, it's not been a good day. Nope. <laughs> um the <laughs> What's weird is they have trades listed for Miami and Denver, but not the Bradley Chubb trade. Which is weird that it's not listed in here. We'll get there in a second. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs traded cornerback Rashad Fenton to Atlanta Exchange for a 2023 seventh round draft pick. Um, I say the Falcons run won that. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with Fenton's that. Pretty solid. Yeah, better than anything you're going to get in the seventh round. Yeah. For sure. Uh, also in random news today, the Colts fired their offensive coordinator. That's what starting Sam Ellinger gets you. I You get fired. Blake, how are we not working in some capacity in front offices? Because I can't like, control like, them. With a like, what, like, what are we doing? I don't understand these moves at the team. Again, going back to Detroit, what are you, like, what are you doing? You, you could still contend next season. Why plan on rebuilding? But that, that's not necessary. I'm just coming up with theories, man. No, like, yeah, I, I get, I get that. But like, like, Bears, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that one's so weird to me. Like, you're like, let's surround Justin Fields with more talent and make our defense worse. Can we do that? The Can one, we- so the yeah. one, the one thought that was floated out there that I saw is that they're trying to give Justin Fields more talent to properly analyze him as the future of that franchise i don't think bringing in one receiver does that you know what what would do that probably giving him an offensive line to play behind but you're not gonna be able to do that accomplish you're not gonna be able to accomplish that on trade day no no also spoiler alert i don't think justin fields is your your franchise future but what do i know i'm not an nfl gm nope um so we've covered Hawkinson, covered Roquan. They've also got in here uh, the the previous deadline. I just don't want to go that far back. Like, yeah, you good. How far do we go? Um, the Chubb one's really got... like the only other super big one. I feel like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, there's also the Calvin Ridley. Um, I mean, yeah. Well, okay. So, well, since you bring that up, who won that one? Atlanta or Jacksonville? Okay, so here's here's the details. Here's what's crazy about Yeah, the this. details are incredibly crazy. I love it, though. It's yeah. it's like Terry Fontenot like, dunked on them. It's yeah. great. 
So Jacksonville Jaguars acquired Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons. Do you want to know the funniest thing about this? Calvin Ridley, was he suspended for? Gambling. Do you know what game he bet on? I don't. He he bet on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. Oh. <laughs> so well, now bet one now. Jaguars. Hilarious. <laughs> um so the so they sent the what's guaranteed is uh it is at least a fifth round pick. But okay, let me see if I can remember the way the verbiage is worded. If he is not suspended next season and he's able to right. play all of next season. It's a third rounder. I thought it was a fourth. Maybe it's a fourth. And then if he hits like a certain snap count, it's a third. And then if they sign him to a, if they sign an extension, right. Cause next year is the last year of his contract. Right. If they sign him to an extension, it becomes a second round pick. Right. Which again, to me is like, so you're telling me what the Falcons got is, at worst, the same thing that the Cowboys got for Amari Cooper. Give me Amari Cooper over Calvin Ridley mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. um, at best, whatever the Bears decided to give up for Chase Claypool. Yeah. Which, second round draft pick, we can find another solid receiver in the second round. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that the Falcons won that one. Yeah, the Falcons absolutely won it. But uh, But at the same time... At the same time, if everything goes right for Jacksonville and and uh Calvin really comes back, he looks like he looked when he first, you know, came to Atlanta and he gets that extension, I think both parties are happy. I think Jacksonville is fine giving up a second rounder for that guy if he is able to be that guy again. Yeah, and be be your number two behind Christian Kirk. Exactly. You know, like that's yep. like that's what Calvin Ridley Calvin yep. Ridley shined when he was able to be the number two receiver behind Julio. Yeah. So like when it, when it came time for him to be the number one, he struggled, but as long as he was the number two, he did fine. Um, so yeah, I, I say Falcons win it, but yeah, I'm with you. I think that Jacksonville could be, if, if Calvin plays really well and does get that extension, they'll probably feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one in this entire, entire maybe entirely too long segment on the trade deadline. Um, you had Miami Dolphins acquired linebacker Bradley Chubb for a 2025 fifth round pick from the Broncos. Sorry. And a 2025 fifth round pick yeah. for a 2023 first rounder, a 2024 fourth rounder and chase Edmonds. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I would, I would go with, Miami winning that. Uh, the first rounder, it's the first round pick, right? That right or was the yeah. second round? Yeah, first rounder. First and fourth. Yeah. And the, the, the first rounder hurts, but I believe Miami also had a first, an extra first to give away um, from a couple yeah. of trades. Maybe not. I could be mistaken on that. But either way, uh, when we, when you brought the idea of this, I set aside a, or I picked a, clear-cut team winner for the trade deadline and a clear-cut team loser for the trade deadline. And the Miami Dolphins were my were my winner of the trade oh. deadline, um, yeah. mainly because they got Jeff Wilson from San Francisco to replace Ch Chase Edmonds, send him over um, in that yeah. trade with Denver, and they got Br Bradley Chubb from Denver. They're going all-in on contending for a championship instead of sitting by and hoping that things just go right for them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I will say that the, <laughs> the scary thing, they must have it planned to give Bradley Chubb an extension because yes. he is a free agent next year. Yeah, so, I don't I don't think you give up a first rounder if you're not willing to at right. least have some very serious talks about uh, big money for that guy. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, I don't know how, but like teams get that done quickly. So I wonder if they're mm-hmm. able to talk to the agent beforehand and be like, hey, this is what we're thinking about an extension. You know, right. if we make this trade, would you sign an extension kind of deal? Probably. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't necessarily have a winner because I just kind of wanted to go through all of them. But, I, I I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you that the um, – I like the, the Ravens-Roquan trade a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think both of those, they gave up a good bit. Um. Denver, Denver got Denver getting a 2023 first round pick is pretty solid for a guy that they were probably about to let walk out the door. So like that's, I, I, you know, if, if I'm being honest, I I might say that the Broncos won, like you got 20, you got a 2023 first round pick and chase Edmonds for a guy that you were, that you were going to waste his last year because you're not contending for anything. Yeah. And now you get to start to retool this team that who knows, who knows what this team is at this point. Yeah. Um, but you got to build it through the draft because with the money you got tied up in Russell Wilson, you ain't building it through free agency. So, yeah. Um, they probably weren't able to sign Bradley Chubb. So to get a first rounder is pretty good. So who'd you have? Uh, just I would, I mean, no. I would ask you the question: Who's your loser of the trade deadline? Um, man, I don't because I, I feel like my take might be biased. Maybe it's not. Who's the loser, Blake? I don't. I don't know, man. There's a clear-cut loser. So, I know what you're going to say. I I didn't put... You you talk for a minute. I'll figure out my loser and if I agree with you. Just just have at it. There is no... There's no no conversation to be had. The the Packers are 1,000... They're 1,000% losers of the trade deadline. You know why? Because they're a losing front office garbage dumpster fire that shouldn't be controlling an NFL team. Uh, I don't know how you continue to just waste the last years of a Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. If you were, if you weren't going to, to pair him with some weapons, why keep him around? Why not trade him for whatever massive package the Denver Broncos were willing to give you for him? Why not? Like, what are you doing? Because you could have drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Didn't do that. He instead got Christian Watson in the second rounder. Oh, guess what? Guess what you could have given up? A second round pick for Chase Claypool today. But you decided not to do that. Instead, you get to watch him in a Bears uniform for the next year and a half. Great. Have a fantastic fun time with that. I don't understand it. Like, what are we doing? You could have gone out and gotten some guys in free agency. But no, you you decide, hey, you know what we're going to roll with? Sammy freaking Watkins. That's going to be our number one guy going into the season. The guy that has one good game out of the four he plays for like the last six years. We're going to roll with Sammy Watkins. And don't get me wrong, I like Alan Lazard. I think Alan Lazard's a good wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver we have right now. But he's a number two on any team in the league. Go get a flipping number one from anybody. Do something. Just act, act like you care. Aaron Rodgers was on Pat McAfee today, as he is every single Tuesday. And he said, you know... I was hoping that we'd have some breaking news to, to discuss here uh, on, on trade deadline day. But no, they didn't because the office doesn't care. 
They don't care about contending. And and I hate this mindset. Uh, I saw somebody tweet earlier that that this is what you get with the Packers. They're a draft and develop team. You know what draft and develop gets you? Two rings when you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for 30 years. That's what draft and develop gets you. It's garbage. I'm done. Like, I can't. I've been a fan of this team since I was like five years old. And it's because of Brett Favre, because of one of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and he went out and got a Super Bowl. He took you to two. And then you get another Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and you waste the career of both those guys by not going out year after year and getting them weapons. What are you doing? I'm done. I posted in the Discord, uh, I believe, Sunday night after that that Buffalo Bills game, that uh, I'm going to be an NFL fan free agent uh, as of 4 p.m. If there's not a, a move made, there was no move made. So guess what? I am officially opening up my free agency for NFL fandom. If you want to, you know, try and convince me to join your team, great. I have a couple narrowed down that I'm going to jump onto, but I'm done with the Packers for now. They will always have a special place in my heart, but I'm done. Yeah, that was emotional. It's a lot. That was emotional. It's uh, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I don't blame you. Oh, he took off. He, just for those of you guys who are not watching the podcast. Done. He took off his Packers hat and threw it. That's how angry he is. He's it just, it makes no, very like, angry. like, tell me what it, what sense it makes when you have, Will Fuller is still a free agent. Will Fuller, who the Packers were linked to trading to like two years ago, is still a free agent. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Will Fuller is a fantastic wide receiver, but he's an upgrade over anybody on the roster right now. Odell is still coming back from injury, but he's still a free agent. What are you like? How are you not making a move for either of those guys? Well, with them being free agents, technically you can still make. They still can. Yes, they will. They no, they will not. Because that's what we get the, with the Packers. We get that little glimpse of hope of reports coming out saying, oh, hey, the Packers are interested in Chase Claypool. Oh, hey, the Packers are interested in Brandon Cooks. The Packers are interested in Jerry Judy. Do they make a move for any of them? No, they do not. Because that's what you get with the Packers. A little sliver of hope and then just utter disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, I would have to go... I might, like... Again, it might be a little bit of bias, but to me, I think that the whole NFC South, like that they didn't do anything in a division that is that, like there's no other division that is that wide open for a team to strike. So like you've got the the AFC East where Buffalo, New York, Miami, even New England, all sitting at 500 or better, like can contend, right? Like one piece might not put them over the edge. But when you're in the NFC South, if you're Atlanta, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, or Carolina, one piece could literally put you over the edge. Like one yeah. piece could bring you the division title and you get hot at the right time. You never know what happens. You, you never know what could happen in yeah. the NFL. Um, I, I, I would, I mean, I'm with you that I think green Bay is, I don't know. It, it's hard to say that they're a wide receiver away because their defense is so underperformed. But like, this year. but okay. If there was ever a game, to showcase that we truly are a wide receiver away. It's the game against the Buffalo Bills, arguably the best team in the league, the Buffalo yeah. Bills. The defense played great in the second half. They yeah. they if they showcased a way to slow down that fantastic Bills offense. They played 
fantastic. Aaron Jones had a good game. He did what he could running. Aaron Rodgers, for what it's worth, didn't play bad. You know what he didn't have out there? Guys that could catch the ball. Yeah. Go get some guys that can catch a dang ball. Yeah. I think the only other one I would say is that maybe maybe um, Seattle going trying to get a running back, I think, would have been a good move. Because um, that's another team that is sits atop their division, and that's their kind of glaring weakness with Rashad Penny going down. I guess, yeah, but I mean, again, I guess Kenny Walker's Kenny been Walker, solid. He's right. been solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I just feel like it, it, it's so tough as a Packers fan when you when, just look at yeah. the rest of the division. TJ Hawkinson goes to the Vikings. That's a guy that could have helped us out. Do we need a tight end? Not necessarily. Robert Tonyan's fine, but TJ Hawkinson would definitely be an improvement. He's he might become the best receiver on that on that team if he comes over. Uh, but yeah. you see. TJ Hawkinson go to the Vikings, and then you see Chase Claypool going to the Bears. And it's, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? Yeah, that is frustrating. I'm with you. Um, oh, man. Yeah. it. I know it's hard because you, like, you obviously gravitate towards the teams that you know the best. So, like, you say, hey, this team, I know that we are, you know, we're missing X, Y, Z. Um so because of that, like, I, I'm with you that I know. And I think most people know that the Packers just have nothing at wide receiver. But, like, that's the other thing is we've been this way for, like, eight months now, almost seven months now since we made that Devontae move. When we decided to trade for Devontae, everybody questioned the wide receivers. And we all said, okay, well, Green Bay will figure it out. They'll, 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 surely they'll make a move for someone. Surely they'll, they'll you know, grab one of these top wide receivers in the draft. And no, they didn't. When all those wide receivers started coming off the board uh, in the draft, what they do? They just sat by and, and drafted defensive players because that's what they do. They just stockpile defensive players, and then they don't end up paying them, and they leave. That's how we get by. Uh, and then they decided to get a wide receiver, probably one of the, the last remaining good wide receivers in Christian Watson uh, in the second round. And there was all kinds of guys that could have gone after in free agency. There was all kinds of guys that could have gone after and making a trade for it. And they decided to do none of that. And they decided to roll with Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, and a handful of other guys. Garbage. Garbage. I'm done ranting about it. I can't rant anymore. Uh, I literally, just for, for reference on my little notes over here, uh, I put loser, Green Bay Packers, and then in bold, I wrote out rant about this BS front office. Because that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my, my listen, obviously, <clears throat> would love for you to be a Falcons fan. I, I do think it makes the podcast a little boring if you just jump over to the Falcons. Um, we, we become very one-dimensional. I probably would prefer you be a, uh, an AFC team. Just pick an AFC team would be, would be good. Um, and, and really that narrows down the list that I was going to give you. I, I, as a, um, <laughs> as a firm believer in loyalty and, and repping where you're from, yeah. you will hardly ever see me. I actually, I don't know that you will ever see me with a hat of a team that, is not Atlanta related. So like, so I, I do have a Houston Rockets hat that a buddy of mine got me and I love that hat. I don't ever wear it. Cause I just, it's like, that's not, I'm not repping Houston. Like I'm, I rep Atlanta yeah. or I rep something else. Like I, I think I have a star Wars hat. I think I have, sure. I know I have a, ba I have a Batman hat, you know, different, different days. Um, but like, 
like Atlanta, that's that's my spot. I've never lived outside of Georgia in my life. So for yeah. me, your only options. I'll give you the Carolina Panthers because you lived in South Carolina, and that is a Carolina. Um, I've even also lived in. I've also lived in North Carolina. So, okay. Oh, that's right. Wait, when did you live in North Carolina? I lived in Wilmington. Oh, I that's know, right. Yeah. I did know that. I did know that. Um, and then so you so yeah, North Carolina and South Carolina. See, that's double connection. That's double Carolina right there. Uh, you lived in Texas, so you can be a Cowboys fan. We all love Cowboys fans. Everybody loves Cowboys fans. Um, they're America's team. You could just jump on that bandwagon. Really, you being a Packers fan, moving to a Dallas Cowboys fan, it makes sense. No, don't know? don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you could be a a Houston Texans fan. You all because you lived in Texas, and hey, you could hop on the Davis Mills bandwagon. You got Damian Pierce there. You got Brandon Cooks there. I know you want a Green Bay to trade for Brandon Cooks, so I, you could. I actually, I actually did not want Green Bay to trade for Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Here's here like so like, I would have liked for them to simply because it would have showed me they actually care, uh, they actually right. do want to try and win with Aaron Rodgers. Um, However, I think he's old and aged and not the same Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's still good, but I don't think he's great. Uh, or I don't think he's someone that, if Rodgers decides to step away, what's the what's the use of him being there? Like, Claypool was the guy I really wanted. And it's yeah. because, like, if you get Claypool and if you can get him to sign an extension... Then you've got a good young piece for if, if God help us all, Jordan Love is the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. You've got a good wide receiver there. You've got a nice young core that you can, you know, plug in a quarterback right away and he should be okay. Brandon Cooks doesn't give you that. So I didn't like between Jerry Judy, Chase Claypool, and Brandon Cooks, whose names were all floated out there, um, as potential trade, trade, uh, pieces. Brandon Cooks was the least of, of my desires. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Out of those three guys, for sure. Yeah. But listen, man, I'm just trying to help you when it comes to finding your new team. I don't blame you. That's a lot of hurt. I a like hurt. Atlanta. I I, I, I I know you do. I would welcome you as a Falcon fan. <laughs> I, would, I will buy you Falcon stuff for every holiday. I have it, narrowed, buy- have it narrowed down to like three teams that I'm feeling good about. I know, I know Buffalo's one, right? Oh, Buffalo's 100% one. But, like, that feels but very bandwagon it anyway. Does, it does, and that's what sucks about it, be, because, like, it does feel that way. But they've also had my heart for, like, a good few years. They, like, I liked Buffalo when Fitzpatrick was there. So. Yeah, but that's, again, like, you like, everybody likes Fitzpatrick. Like, it's it's hard to sure, dislike Sure, but, like, I'm just saying, I've liked Buffalo for a while, and that's where I'm leaning. But the Lions are I mean, also you, a contender. Although, if I want my heart broken, I should just stick with the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that uh, you jumping to, to Buffalo makes a whole lot of sense because, like, you're a Packers fan because you're a bandwagon fan. So that makes sense anyway. <laughs> Jump from the Packers bandwagon, being that the, the furthest north you've ever lived was Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and, and so, like, that's the closest to, I don't know, Texas, wherever you lived in Texas, might be closer to Green Bay. Not a geography podcast. To be fair, to be fair, unless you live in the city in which that team occupies, or okay, even in the state in which that team occupies, 
every fan's a bandwagon fan to start. I said that I said that about about Patriots fans for forever. But after like ten years, do they graduate from bandwagon to actual fan? Well, I, I mean, I think that there's I think there's a clear cut like I think most people, and this is a whole different rant. This is, we have we have we have veered off the we are off the rails this podcast. <laughs> General fandom into it now. Most of the time, you are a fan, and again, I said most of the time, so it's no, it's not yeah. everybody. You're almost always you are a fan of the team that your mom or dad supports. That right. like yeah, yeah. like bred into you because you like you watch it. Or in my case, with my son. Your dad says you can't be a Saints fan and live in this house. Yeah. Or, you know, like it's like this is this is part of you know you grow up admiring your mom or your dad and like that's sure. yeah. or or maybe maybe even if it's like a family friend that it's like hey this is the person who got me into football and so this is why I love it, you know. But I, so that's like to me that's where like genuine fandom comes in is when it's when it's that kind of like direct line of like yeah. I'm a fan because of this person not like in my life not necessarily this person that played for the team right right and then you know if if lebron leaves are you still a, a cleveland fan or whatever um so anyway i think i think if you're a fan of that the state where your team resides or if heaven forbid you live in the state of alabama or the state of <laughs> mississippi or yeah. Idaho or Nebraska, and you just kind of kind of like pick the closest. Um, like I know when I, I've been to Alaska, and they're big Seahawks fans. Like most everybody there, because that's the closest. It's yeah. like this is the closest we got. Yeah. Um. So I think geography determines a lot of people's fanhood, and I think when it's geography based, you can't claim that they're a bandwagon fan. Well, no, I mean I I agree. What I'm saying is that like when Tom Brady was a Patriot. There were so many people, especially when they won like three and four years or whatever, because they won in like 01, 03, and 04, or something like that. Um, there were so many people that hopped on that bandwagon. And yeah. they stayed with it the entire time Tom Brady was there. And I would bet that some of them are still fans of that team because of that. Because right. you were with it for 20 years. So that's what I'm saying. Like, when do you transition? Because there's plenty of people that jumped on the bandwagon of liking them when they were great and then just stuck with it. That's what happened with, I mean, that's what happened with me with the Packers. I saw yeah. Brett Favre and, and Reggie White and I was like, done. I'm sold. Like, this is, I'm, I'm a Packers fan. It's going to be what it is. And then I just never stopped being a Packers fan, which it helped having 30 years of great quarterback play. Yeah, that that's but, really, you haven't really had to suffer. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, no, I, I'm well aware I'm, that I'm a spoiled fan. I'm well now, aware of that. And and now it's all like come to roost. Like oh, you have to is. deal with the fact that Brett 100%. Favre is a white collar criminal and yes. Aaron Rodgers is like the weirdest. Yes. Like just human yeah. and and just doesn't care who he offends. And yeah. it's just like super selfish and arrogant. And like you just well, have to be like, that's my quarterback. Um, I don't think he's selfish and arrogant. I think he can come off that way. I don't think he genuinely is. I think that, that he just kind of comes off that way, which is which that's on him. I will say that. But okay. everything that he has said about the organization, I can't blame him on at this point. But see, now now you wonder, was Green Bay right for being like, we know Brett Favre. I don't want to listen to that guy. He's kind of sleazy. And like now they're like, I, we don't want to listen to Aaron Rodgers. This guy's kind of sleazy. Like, I don't know. But like it hasn't really. worked out. Again, again, 
as I said, you know what draft and develop gets you? Two rings between two Hall of Fame quarterbacks over 30 years. Yeah, you That's just awful. The, you just become a farm team for the big spenders. Exactly. That's yeah. awful. And don't like I think there is good things about being a draft and develop team, but you can't rely solely on that. Go get some guys. Yeah. Go spend some money. Yeah. You look at a lot of the guys on our on our defensive side, those aren't guys we drafted and developed. Adrian Amos isn't the guy we drafted and developed. We went and paid for him. Preston Smith isn't the guy we, we drafted and developed. We went and paid for him. Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell. Razzle Douglas. Those are the guys we went and picked up. Now, we we didn't pay a lot for those guys, but we went and picked them up off other teams, and yeah. we paid them. Yeah. And, and like, it, it makes sense, though, because in, in Green Bay, you don't have the deep pockets. Like, because you don't have a wealthy owner. To an extent. You, can, you know. To an and extent. so you don't have a, a Jerry Jones or an Arthur Blank who's willing to like dig a little deeper in the pockets and help out, you know. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. We, we've spent I don't know. I'm done. I want to. I want to move on. I just want to focus on the rest of the season. Get through this season, uh, not having to worry about the Packers winning or losing. Just it is what it is, you know. I'm, it's, I'm a new man. I'm a new man. I'm a new fan. I'm done. <laughs> So new man, new fan. Jump over to week nine, and let's get picky with it, man. No, 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 no. Get picky with it. No, 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 no. Get picky with it. No, 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 no. Get picky with it. Meow. Starting us off Thursday night. Amazon it's weird Prime. Over at you and you don't have a Packers hat on. It's, well, it's, weird. it's weird not having a hat in general on. I don't like it. I, I try didn't know and, your hair was that long. I try and live my life with a hat on for yeah. at least every waking moment of my life. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> starting us I like off, to think, I like to think that you shower with a shower cap on just so that you don't have to never, ever not have a hat on. Showers and sleep. Those are the only times I don't. Uh, for, the, for the most part. <laughs> uh, starting us off, Thursday night, we get another... Primetime stinker, just like we've a had. A banger! All season, we get the Philadelphia Eagles 7-0 flying down to Houston to take on the 1-5-1 Houston Texans. The Philadelphia Eagles are 14-point favorites in this game. Uh, two touchdown favorites. I think that's probably spot on. Uh, I'd be surprised if the Texans muster up 10 points. Uh, the Eagles are winning this game easily. There's nothing else to say. Who you got, man? Okay, listen. Okay, well, one, the Eagles. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, I don't want all this buildup to make it seem like I might. I'm not. There's nothing in my mind that I've ever thought about picking the Texans. Um, So here's one thing. The Texans make everybody look bad. Like everybody who goes to play the Texans, it's like nobody on the field knows how to play football. True. You go to Houston, all of a sudden you forget. You're like, which which one is inbounds and which one is out of bounds? I don't remember which end zone am I headed towards. Like, it's yeah. just bad. So I hope that that's not what we get because you and Peter talked about the, the week that I was gone. You talked about how bad the Thursday night games have been and how bad they're going to be. The difference, though, is that what makes the Thursday night games that have been bad bad is that they've been two bad teams. Like when we had to watch the Colts-Broncos, like you're watching two 
bad teams, at least with fair. Eagles, Texans, you get to see a good team. Yeah, like, that's fair. We get to watch the Eagles play football, which should be a treat for everybody, right? I mean, like, the Eagles should be watch... in primetime a lot more, but yes. the NFL has terrible flexing policies. Y- yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, uh, or I, I don't remember what it was a couple weeks ago when it was uh, Miami that it was like Miami, you still get to watch Miami play. Like that's still, right. that's still a treat. Like that's still like, okay, this is going to be worth my time because I get to watch this team play football. And so I will say that in the defense of this week's Thursday night game is at least we all get to watch the Eagles unless they go to Houston and the Texans and their contagion that is forgetting how to play football in, in fact, infects the Eagles. Um, right. I don't think it will. And I'm going to go with the Eagles in this game. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, again, there's nothing really to talk about. Yep. So let's move over to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, I don't know if this is where you have it in your list, but this is where I'm putting it. Uh, we're starting things off with the 3-5 and five Green Bay Packers losers of the trade deadline facing the 1-6 Detroit Lions without TJ Hawkinson sh- shipping him over to the Minnesota Vikings. Green Bay are three and a half point favorites. Why? I don't know. I guess because it's the Lions and the Lions have a terrible defense. Um, but I'm spicing things up this week. Uh, I'm not going to be a fan. Why pick the Packers? I'm going with the Lions. I've got the Lions over the Packers. Uh, who you got, man? Yeah, I don't think it's that spicy of a pick. I think that the I don't Lions, think it is either. They're at home, uh, and they there's nothing about this Packers team that tells me that they are significantly better than the Lions. Nope. Um, so I think with that, the Lions being at home, I I do think, you know, when I made these my my picks, it was before the trades, all of the trades went through, so I didn't have uh the Hawkinson the Hawkinson factor, um, but I don't think it really matters. I okay, I say that. Let me see, is Amon Ra St. Brown playing? Because that is key. That he is was healthy. He is he-, he was healthy last week, right? Hey, Jamal Williams revenge game right here though. Jamal Williams, man. He played with the Packers for a couple of years behind Aaron Jones. <clears throat> I don't. Did I know that? Was he? You should have known that. He was. I mean, he was solid. He was. So basically, what ended up happening is, I believe Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and AJ Dillon were all there at the same time for like one year, uh, and they had to make a choice, and Jamal Williams was the odd guy out. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So I think. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with him. Um. Yeah, Hawkinson led the team in receiving yards this past week. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, this team was yeah. up up twenty seven to seventeen yeah, against against the Miami Dolphins. They were up by ten points against the Miami Dolphins, and then the Dolphins came out of halftime and shut out the Lions for the second half, outscoring them fourteen to nothing to win the game by four points. Uh, yeah. This is a team that is very good, uh, but not good at closing. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm. Sticking with the Lions because the Packers can't do anything right right now. <clears throat> Four game win streak is going to turn into a five game win streak. It's just going to all spiral downhill. <laughs> you mean losing streak? Yes. Did I not say that? You said win streak. Oh well, no. There's no win streak happening I was like, in Green Bay. I was like, there's not a. <laughs> I think I think that the Lions, you know, and and honestly, it does it does it is an interesting thought to think about how Aaron Rodgers might just be like. Like, how do you still try? I don't know. Like, do I still... genuinely don't know. And and if there's any reason to credit Aaron Rodgers, it's for him continuing to try 
for an organization that continually says we don't care about you. Yep. I mean, I mean, blatantly, just obviously, we do not care about you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, you had to talk about the Packers again. <laughs> I'm done with it now. It's in the past. the The game, we're moving on from it. We picked, and we both picked the Lions. I, I find that a little interesting. Um, but going out to Atlanta, we've got the Los Angeles Chargers making their way over to face your Dirty Birds in the Falcons. Currently, the Chargers are three-point favorites. And I'd say I guess that's fair. This is a, this is a good Chargers team. This is a team that I had going 15-2. and two. That's not happening because they already have three nope. losses. Uh, but maybe, maybe they can uh, still make a run. I think they've still got good pieces. However, in my spicy... Pick of the week. I've got the Falcons over the Chargers. You do? I've got the Falcons over the Chargers. Wow. Uh, I don't even know how to digest <laughs> that information. Why? Uh, I don't know. I wish I had a good reason. I don't. Uh, it's just feelings, man. I'm going with my. I'm rolling with my gut, and my gut is pretty spicy this week. So you might. Catch up to me and surpass me in whatever our uh, standings are currently. Uh, we're tied because we disagreed on two okay. games this past week and we split them. So well, we're still tied. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to surpass me this week, I feel like. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I have I have one thing in particular <laughs> that is muy spicy. Okay. All right. Um, I would, I would yay dub it the spiciest pick of the year. Okay. Um, so, man. Tickets for this game are only $32. Yep. Yep. I really want to go. Can you call in sick? <laughs> I'm really tempted to find somebody to preach for me on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> Especially because, man, I should see if Troy Troy could come with us. He's a Chargers <laughs> fan. One of us would go home happy. Yeah. Oh, man. man why do they all have to be at 1 o'clock? Because the Falcons are not supposed to be good this year, and the NFL has terrible flexing policies. This is a, I mean, the Falcons are the, the the NFC South leaders right now. Yep, they have a technically a better record than the Chargers. Which, if you had told me coming into this season that halfway through the year they were going to have a better record than the Chargers, yeah. I would have thrown up. Yeah, I would have thrown. I up. I don't. This should be like a four o'clock game, in my opinion. Well. Technically, it would be four o'clock if they were playing in LA. Yeah, but, but they're but they're not. Is what like? No, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, because it's a West Coast game. All the West Coast games they start them over. Like if you look at okay, all the yeah, West Coast yeah, games, yes, yes, it'd be if it started at one in LA, then it would be four o'clock. Yes, you're correct. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> who who are you picking in this game? Uh, I'm going with the Chargers. I okay. can't. I can't in good conscience with with AJ Terrell banged up a little bit. I know we traded for Rashad Fenton, but he's only got what is it at this point five days to get ready. Yeah, the Six the days. banged up secondary does worry me some a whole um, lot. And this is a team that struggles to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, like they didn't pressure Joe Burrow like at all. Um, yeah, and and even PJ Walker like he was relatively unscathed most of that game. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I, I think the Chargers are on the rise, but I don't think they're quite up to the level of the Chargers, even with the Chargers injury woes that they have at this point of the season. 
I think Justin Herbert is going to have a pretty significant day. Yeah, I mean that's it's possible. I just I feel like I feel like the Chargers are still banged up, uh, especially up front. Oh yeah, uh, they're 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 coming off their bye week, so maybe they they get healthy. But um, Mike Williams still out. Keenan Allen is questionable. Uh, their their O line is a little bit of a mess. Um, Joey Bosa is on IR. Like I feel like I feel like they're vulnerable. Um, and this Falcons team is, I think, feeling good about themselves. Uh, I don't know. And they're opportunistic. Yeah, yeah. And they've been again. They've been in every single game outside of the one against the Bengals. So I don't know. I feel good about it. Moving on, we have the Miami Dolphins making their way up to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Uh, Miami on the road, five-point favorites. That's who I have winning. Uh, I don't think that the Bears are good. Uh, they just trade away two of their best defensive players. Not two of their best, two of the best uh, defensive players. Uh, and the Dolphins made some nice moves. Um, I'm excited to see how those moves pan out for them. Um, I think this is a good Miami Miami team that is pushing their chips all in to 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 go make a run at this thing. Um, yeah. So I've got the Dolphins winning. Who you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think uh, I'm going with the Dolphins. Sorry, I was also looking up how long it takes us to get from if we left the church, how long it would take us to get to the stadium. We get there in an hour and a half, which means we'd be 30 <laughs> minutes late. We all know the game doesn't start at one. So he's still got to find parking and get into the same and deal with this, the game traffic. Listen, we can do all of that. I don't we know can if we can, it. man. <laughs> Even if we're an hour late to the game, that's only what, like a quarter? We'll be fine. We'll think about it. Uh, maybe I'll just preach a short message that day. Uh, I'll just be like, hey guys, go be good people and love people. Jesus is great. Have a good week. ELE. Um, Everybody love everybody. Today for church, we're going to watch Semi-Pro. Um, I don't see how this could go wrong at all. Um, um, this is how you know I I like my job, is that I'm not actually going to do any of these things. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I've got the Dolphins. Um, I, I would not be in it. I would not be surprised, though, if this game is closer than we expect. The Bears have been playing. I want to give – I will give Justin Fields his flowers, man. The last two weeks, he has looked solid. Uh, and I'm not going to say he's, he's looked, looked great, but yeah. he's looked solid. Um, and he's he's looked worthy of bringing in a receiver like Chase Claypool to, to help him. Um, now, is this something that is a, a sustained success? I don't know. Maybe it's game plan based that they're not asking too much of him. They, they kind of realize what they have in him. Um, I do think that this Dolphins defense is probably too good for him to overcome. Um, and especially with the fact that the Bears are pretty one-dimensional. And so I don't know how, especially, and the Dolphins are a team that they're going to stack the box. They do it all the time. They stack the box and they show you different kind of looks. And so they disguise their pressure well. You don't know where it's coming from. Sometimes that can spell a disaster. For a team that runs, if you blitz the wrong gap and the running back goes through the other, you can give up big runs. Um, yeah. But I like the Dolphins in this one, but I would not be shocked if the Bears come out and and kind of make a statement win here um, yeah. to beat the Dolphins. That's fair. That's fair. 
Let's go over to Ohio. We have the Carolina Panthers coming off of a game in which they should have won if they had a kicker who could make a kick. Uh, Battle of the Big Cats. A kicker who could make two kicks. Uh, They definitely would have won, but they don't. Ended up losing in overtime to the Falcons. Heading in Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals coming off a ugly loss to the Cleveland Browns uh, Monday Night Football where they just got dominated in all areas. Uh, Wasn't that game 24 to nothing at the half, I believe? It was something Something like that. that. It was was rough. (laughs) It was rough, but nonetheless, Vegas has Cincy as seven-point favorites against this Carolina squad. I think that's fair. Cincinnati is the better team, although it, that offense looks pretty rough without Jamar Chase out there. Uh, yeah. It's not nearly as scary. And I think I think the Bengals could be in for a little bit of a slump while Jamar is gone. And that is why in my second spicy pick of the week. What? I have the Carolina Panthers over the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I... I, <laughs> I don't even know how to address that, man. I I think you're a little bit of a crazy person. Again, I have, I have not a whole lot of reasoning for it. I am concerned about the Bengals. They looked bad, like just straight up bad against the Cleveland Browns. And while Cleveland is good, I don't think they're, I don't think they're anything special, especially in their current state. Um, and so uh, I don't think the jump between Cleveland and the Panthers is necessarily that great. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. Um, and so I do think the, I do think Cleveland has I, I do think Cleveland has bigger playmakers uh, and more potential to be good than this. And Car- a way than better this offensive line. Sure, but the Panthers have looked good with PJ Walker at the helm. He's going to continue to get the starting job as far as I know uh, until he loses it. They should have beaten the Falcons on Sunday. They beat the Bucks. I I think they're feeling good. I saw something about um, saw something about this team is rallying around Steve Wilkes as their head coach uh, because they feel like he got screwed over in Arizona, um, and so they want to put on their best performance to help that guy get a job um, as a head coach in the NFL. If it's not for, you know, not for the Panthers. Um, so I think this Panthers team, I think they're, they're feeling themselves a little bit. Uh, that's, that's what I'm rolling with. Yeah. I mean, PJ Walker, I almost legit or counterfeited him today as well. He was <clears> a thought that I had, but I, I'm not quite ready to even that's ask fair. that question. No, that's yet. Um, but right now, I mean, he's, 62% completion percentage, which is okay. Like, that's not, yeah. not terrible. It's not really starting QB level. Um, hey, that's what Panthers are used to. That's true. Uh, he's <laughs> touchdown to interceptions is 3-1, to one, which is pretty nice. Um, it's good enough. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, he's, so, he's, nothing, he's nothing fantastic, but I do think it's very interesting that they trade away their best offensive piece in Christian McCaffrey. They lose their their presumed starting quarterback and they're still just going out there and putting up a fight, being scrappy and winning games that they have no business winning against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and should have beat the Falcons. So 
I don't know. I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting spot that Carolina's in. Yeah. Hey, listen. I have no problem with them not beating the Falcons because a hail mary is just a lucky play, and then they got unlucky with their kicks. The luck. I don't think there was right anything. Itself. I don't think there was anything lucky about the ball placement of that sixty-seven yard pass. That... Listen, I think that everybody will tell you that every hail mary is a a good portion luck. Right, but that's like but that's traditional Hail Marys where you have like three guys down there surrounded by five defensive players and it's just everybody it was it was it was not like a classically designed Hail Mary. It was a guy going on a go route and he placed it perfectly. He placed it right in his arms. He he did, but I don't know if like like you think about what happened in that play with PJ Walker like spinning around two times, breaking out of coverage. I think he even pump faked one time. Like yeah, fair. this is not like just standing there watching a guy run 50 yards and then chucking it. Like, I think there's an element, a pretty significant element of luck to it uh, to any Hail Mary. Some, I don't want to just discount it because it was against the Falcons. It's also but a little th- thing called will a little thing called will <laughs> a little will. willing it to happen. Little Willie, little Willie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if you're all in, man, just go be a fan of this Panthers team. Oh, don't make me do that. We can be an NFC South podcast. I do really like PJ, but I don't like him that much. I know you do. (laughs) Um, You're talking about his little Willie. I mean, (laughs) right here on National National Podcast. Make it dang pick already. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever the opposite of what you did was. That was (laughs) craziness. I'm taking the Bengals. This is... I think the Bengals are starting to click. I think they had a little hiccup because Jamar wasn't there. It, it does it does do a disservice to Joe Burrow, who likes to hold on to the ball a little bit longer, yep. that he is without one of his targets. But, like, hey, um, Bengals, run the ball. I don't know. Maybe I mean, they the tried. They tried, and Joe Mixon couldn't get it going. He didn't try hard enough. I mean, like, what is, I mean, yeah, like how did they – what did they have? How many attempts did they have in this last game? Because it wasn't enough. I can tell you that. As a fan of the team who likes to run the ball more than literally everybody else <clears> in the entire NFL, try a little harder. We don't have great running backs. We don't. We have Tyler Algier is our lead running back right now. And Caleb Huntley. Fifth round pick and an unside free agent. That's are, who, that's leading it. You are us. correct. They did not try enough because uh, they ran the ball 10 times. Yeah. Versus 35 pass attempts. And one of those runs was Joe Burrow, which yeah. I think was a QB sneak. Yeah. So... You've got nine rushing attempts, and you don't have Jamar Chase. Like, what are you doing, you doofus? Like, I mean, but again, part of it is that they were playing from behind for a large portion of that, and you had Cleveland on the other side controlling the clock by running the ball like crazy with Nick Chubb. So, I mean, Cleveland had the ball for 13, 13 and a half more minutes. Almost an entire quarter extra. But they did it because they, they did run the ball. Like right. you're gonna this, lose, you're gonna lose I mean, the clock battle if you run the ball eight times with Joe Mixon. Right. I'm just saying that it wasn't it. They weren't in the best spot to focus on just running the ball. But, I, I have I have a hard time believing that they're gonna get in that film room and nobody is gonna say, "Hey, let's run the ball more." Like somebody's gonna be probably like, "Probably fair." You know, you only gave Joe Mixon eight touches, right? Yeah. You doofus. Yeah. That's the running fair. back coach has got to be livid. He's got to be. That's fair. Um, so, Bengals. Yeah. Because they're the better team. 
Well, let's go out to Foxborough. We have the Indianapolis Colts, the Sam Ellinger-led Indianapolis Colts uh, with a new OC heading into New England to face the New England Patriots. Uh, currently at home, the Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I... I don't I don't care for this Colts team anymore. I'm 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 over them. I'm done with them. I'm picking the Patriots. Um I don't think that this Colts team is is taking advantage of the uh talent that they have, meaning Jonathan Taylor. Uh and so I'm rolling with Patriots. Who you got, man? Yeah. Yeah. I, why would you pick a Sam Ellinger team? Let that too. Team. And like too. I, In his defense, I, he didn't look terrible on sunday against the commanders in his um, defense so i did i did some research and it was a little confusing as to what it actually was but it was they were talking about from a betting perspective um when a backup quarterback gets his very first start in an nfl game the line is always wrong period it's like whatever the line is it's like 10 points under or 10 points over like the percentages right. are crazy off when it's a backup quarterback and basically like the backup quarterback either plays way better than everyone expected or way worse. It's never like, Oh, they gave us what we expected. It's always, they played way better or way worse. And I think that their second start, it is like significantly worse. I don't actually, I don't know that they had second start, but just in my eye test over the last 10 years of football fandom, yeah. second start, don't expect much. So this is Sam Ellinger, who didn't play terrible. I I'll give I'll give the guy his his recognition. Seven, first game. Seventeen and twenty three for two hundred one. Yeah, it's pretty pretty solid. It's what Justin Fields did. I mean, yeah. it, almost almost identical. I think that's sixty more yards passing than Justin Fields. Um, but I that that's that's impressive. But he's about to go up against Bill Belichick. Yeah, like poor kid, poor kid. You thought. Hey, I did pretty good. We almost beat the Commanders and their terrible defense. And now you're going to play against Bill Belichick, and you're not going to have any idea what's going on on literally any snap. Like, I really think he's going to look absolutely lost out there on Sunday yeah. against a Bill Belichick defense. Okay. So he might. I'm going. I'm going Pats. I think that this is a a quarterback who they now now there's film out on him and how he plays and what their playbook's going to look like. So unless he only throws it twice and Jonathan yeah. Taylor is doing the work, uh, I'm taking the pats in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's head on down to New Jersey where we have the Buffalo Bills coming into town to take on their division rival, New York Jets. Uh, on the road, on the road, playing in New Jersey, the Buffalo Bills are 13 point favorites over this five and three New York Jets team, which I think is a little disrespectful to New York. But also I think it shows that Vegas believes what a lot of us believe that the New York teams might be a little fraud, uh, a little fraud ish. Um, I've got the bills in this one. I don't, I could see the Jets putting up a fight. I think the Jets have a really good defense. I think they they have the capability of slowing down that Buffalo Bills offense, but I don't think there's much to talk about here. I think Buffalo, Buffalo to me is the best team in the NFL. Uh, despite the seven zero start from the Eagles, Buffalo is the best team in my opinion. Uh, so I'm rolling with Buffalo. Who you got, man? Oh man! Hey, E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm going with the Jets in this one, and my 
spiciest pick of the year. Gotta be. Can't can't be a spicier pick of the year. This is a trap game. This is a a trap. It is a trap. Yeah. I feel it in my gut. There's no reason. I can give you absolutely zero reasons for why I'm picking the Jets other than it's at home. The Jets are coming off a loss. They're going to be made big mad. Yeah. And the Bills, I think, coming in here are going to have a little bit of it's the Jets, right? Like, yeah. I think they probably I, – I don't I don't know that the athletes get that feeling as much as the fans do. I'm sure they don't get it as much because they know that who they're going up against – is they're also professional athletes that are elite talents. And so, but I, I just think division games are always close. Every, yeah. Almost every single division game. So you talk about two teams who are coming in. I, I just think the Jets feel like they have more to prove in this game than Buffalo does. Especially and at home. Especially coming off their last performance against the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I know it, it feels crazier than it actually looks because like I picked it and I was like, I feel like a crazy person, but the Jets are five and three. Like there's no reason uh, other than that. Brees Hall is out now, but, but now you have James Robinson. You've given him another week to get acclimated to this offense. And I really think James Robinson, the difference in James Robinson and rookie Brees Hall. Now I'm not saying that this is where rookie, where Brees Hall is going to be, but rookie Brees Hall, I don't feel like there's that big of a difference. James Robinson is a very talented running back. Um, He was very talented in Jacksonville underutilized under urban Meyer. Um, And then, and then I just think out, out chemistry by Travis Etienne. I think that they, he was playing well enough to not warrant the, Fair. Yeah, yeah. The the disgruntled disagreement, whatever. And so uh I I like the Jets in this one, man. I'm doing it. I'm going with the Jets. Okay. I feel okay. a little crazy. Okay. I like Again, it. if you if you had told me at the beginning of the year that I was gonna pick midseason the Jets to beat the Bills, I would have asked you how hurt Josh Allen was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I like it. I like it, man. I mean, I, I, I can see it happening. I'll say that. I can see it happening. It makes um, me feel slightly less crazy. For what it's worth, though, this is a home game for the Jets, and the Jets have lost every home game they've played this year. Um, <laughs> actually, hold on. They haven't lost. They haven't lost every home They're game. They're one in three. They're at one in three. They're one in three. So all of their losses have been at home. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Okay, that's it. <clears throat> so just for what it's worth, yeah. but let's. Head on over to Maryland where we have the Minnesota Vikings coming into town to face the Washington Commanders. The Washington Commanders sitting at 2-0 with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. Minnesota on the road, three and a half point favorites. I, I could make an argument that should be a little higher. I think this Vikings team has, has been a little underrated. They've, they've kind of flown under the radar. Um, I think they had the one... Their one loss of the season to the Philadelphia Eagles, and because of the way in which they lost that game, everybody kind of wrote them off. Uh, but this Minnesota team has been quietly taking care of business. Uh, they have faced some definitely inferior talent, uh, and maybe they've been the beneficiary of a fairly easy schedule. Um, but I believe in this team. I think they have a lot of a lot of really good pieces, uh, and this is a team to watch out for, and that offense, adding TJ Hawkinson, should only make it that much scarier. 
Oh man, I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna do it. I'm picking. No, I'm picking another spicy pick, man. No. I, so so initially, initially, I did not. I I, I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't pick Washington. I've got to roll with Minnesota. Uh, but you talking about the Jets beating Buffalo just kind of swayed me for whatever reason to just add more spice to this podcast. And He's I'm just sitting over there like, man, I wish I had the courage to be that dumb. Like, I'm, I wish I had. <laughs> I'm rolling with Taylor Heineke and the boys. Get it done against Minnesota. Listen, I don't think it's going to be a a dominant win for the Commanders. I don't think they have the capacity to, to have a dominant win. Um, but they do have a lot of heart with Taylor Heineke back there at quarterback. We all know my feelings. We all know my feelings on 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 the Heine man, uh, and he has gotten two wins, albeit very close wins, in the final quarters uh, over the Packers. And but that's what he does. And, I'm and with you on that. That like, is what he does. His he is he is the man with. He's the comeback with, kid. Yeah, he has got bean bags of steel. Like, I think this guy it's going to happen again, man. I don't know, man. I don't think that they're that close <clears throat> to make it. I yeah, I I did think twice about this game. Yeah, it makes you it, like. I will say this with him as a quarterback versus Carson Wentz as a quarterback, it at least makes you go well, maybe a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I, I definitely like Taylor Heineke more than Carson Wentz. And 100%. don't understand that whole saga at all. Me neither. Um, so I, I would, I would, I'm here for it. I would like to see it happen. Um, but yeah, I think that the Vikings are the, the quietest six and one team that we could like imagine. Yep. It's like, how is this team six and one? And like, it's just. Nobody talks about it. Like it's yeah. crazy. The Cowboys are five and two. I think they're five. They might be six and two. Uh, they have two losses. I know that the Cowboys are have two losses and are getting more love and attention than this Vikings team. It's also because Dallas is their defense is sure, sure. But again, Beautiful. I don't think they've necessarily played outside of Philly. I don't think they've necessarily played any better opponents than this Vikings team has. That's I mean, especially because they've played the AFC North. Right. Played the Lions, the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. 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 Anyways, I say all this and I'm giving I'm I'm giving Minnesota tons of love, but uh I'm picking Washington. I'm rolling with it. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> let's head on over to Jacksonville where we have the Las Vegas Raiders Coming into town after getting shut out by the Saints to face this Jacksonville Jaguars team. Currently, Vegas on the road are one-point favorites. Uh, If you live in Jacksonville, you want to go see some football played, you don't really care if it's good or bad, uh, tickets are as low as $26. I would probably pay $26 to go see these two teams. Mine says $27. I don't know what kind of discount you're getting. (laughs) I don't either. Um... Have the one, rate one have... point favorite in Jacksonville? Yeah, that's disrespectful for a team that just got shut out by a team that's two that had two wins. Yeah, I uh, I I'm rolling with the Raiders though. I'm hoping why I'm because I'm hoping that that shutout loss was eye opening to them, uh, and and they can bounce back from it. I just I I don't know. What I about don't... this? What about this team makes you think they can bounce back from anything? 
What what have you seen from the Raiders this year that think you know what they can do? Bounce back. Nothing. But I've also nothing! seen nothing in about like four or five weeks. I've seen nothing from this Jags team to warrant me picking them either. They've handled bad teams. Sure, but I don't think the Raiders are. I don't think the Raiders are a bad team. I think they are playing like a bad team. They have been in out again outside of Sunday. They've been in every single game they've played. I say the if they bad teams, but they lost to the Texans. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's what I'm saying. Like I like this game's like a toss up. It's like I got to pick one of them, so I'm going with the Raiders. Their losses have been against the Broncos, the Giants, the Colts, the Texans, and the Commies, and they beat the Colts in Week Two. 24 to 0 and the Chargers in week 3 38 to 10 whatever happened there like I don't that was like we talk about chaos season that was that is chaos still to look at yeah um but the Raiders their only wins are against the Broncos and the Texans <laughs> they lost to the Chargers in week 1 lost the Cardinals lost the Titans lost the Chiefs so their their losses are a little bit more impressive than than Jacksonville's, but I'm I'm going with Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's that's a better fair. team. Yeah. Um this is this is a team that's on the rise versus a team that's on the decline. So um and and the Jags are at home. So that's yeah. why I'm really going with the Jags. Um Raiders are 0 and 4 away. Jags are one and three at home. So yeah. somebody has to win. Fair. Fair. Let's head out to the desert where we have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks flying high at five and three, uh, and the Cardinals still being the question mark of the NFL. Uh, but for some reason, Vegas has the Arizona Cardinals as two point favorites. Incredibly disrespectful to the Seahawks team. Uh, this is a team that everybody wrote off going into the season, and somehow this Seattle team is sitting atop the NFC West. And that is why I have the Seahawks over the Cardinals. I think they're the better team, which is surprising. I I would not have said that two months ago, uh, but Seattle has shown a lot uh, and I'm rolling with them. Who you got, man? Yeah. I also have the Seahawks. Uh, Call of Duty came out on Thursday or on Friday. So yeah. Kyler Murray has not been thinking about football since that happened. Um, <laughs> he's probably called in sick to practice a couple times. He's just been playing Call of Duty. <laughs> Um, no, I think I, I understand why the Cardinals are two point favorites. I, there's also this aspect of Vegas that I think is under, um, understated that they're trying to get people to bet both sides equally. Right. Right. So like they're trying to say, okay, how do we get people to bet on the Seahawks to win this game? Or to bet equally and they're like okay i think that people will take the bait if we say that the cardinals are two points better if that makes sense maybe and i think that to the to the common betting nfl fan they probably see this game face value and say oh the cardinals better you know um i think and so that line makes it a little bit more attractive if you think the cardinals are at home i think that they're better than the seahawks team because they're the Cardinals and the Seahawks are the Seahawks. 
I think that's why we see a lot of the lines that we see. I mean, last game, the Jaguars, it, people, it's, it's hard to bet on the Jaguars. It's hard to bet on the Jets, so you make the Bills 13-point favorites. Um, it's hard to bet on the Lions, so you make the Packers 3.5-point favorites. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you... Enjoy. There's part of Vegas that is is trying to get to bait people into betting for both teams. So, I don't yeah. know. I hope all of that made sense. Sure. The whole, like, plus two, minus two thing, I don't understand it. Yeah. It's too much math for me. I don't get it either. Uh, but let's... Not a math podcast. Head on out to Tampa, where we want to talk about one of these teams has to win. Uh, we've got the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and I don't want to pick either one of them. I don't know who to pick. Um, I, just coin flip it. Um, but I wrote down the Bucks over the Rams. I have no reason for that. I don't I don't know. Uh, Tampa three-point favorites? Sure. I'll roll with Vegas. Uh, give me the Bucks at home over the Rams. I don't like it. Don't want to pick them. But I got to pick someone. Who you got, man? Uh, yeah, for the same reason I'm picking the Rams. I don't like it. I don't want to have to pick it, but yeah. uh, I guess give me the Rams in this one. Um, yep. Yeah. This yeah. game is going to be terrible. Garbage game. The, Garbage game the, that is the the 425 afternoon darling for CBS. Yeah. Instead so of... Means, so that means this is the one that Tony Romo is going to call. Yeah. Is against, with the two quarterbacks yeah. who are younger than he is. Instead of instead of teams. Bills Jets, which would have been a spicier pick. Instead of Chargers Falcons, which could have been a spicier pick. Uh, instead of uh, Colts, Colts Patriots could have been a spicier pick, in my opinion. Um, Seahawks Cardinals would have been good. Any of those games would have been better. But nope, we get Rams Bucks because sure, why not? Let's put Tom Brady on TV just for more reasons. Quarterback in a wheelchair versus <clears throat> quarterback with a walker. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. The the geriatric game of the week. Let's move over to Sunday Night Football. In continuing fashion of the primetime stinkers, we get the Tennessee Titans 5-2. Sure, they are five and two, heading in, heading in to face the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who are also five and two. You you got this as a stinker. I do have this as a stinker, and Vegas has a stinker too because they have Kansas City's twelve and a half point favorites, which that, is fair. I literally, wrote, I literally wrote that ain't happening. Like uh, you talk I'm, about trying to bait people, one thousand percent is going to happen. The Tennessee Titans are ridiculously good. This I, is a team that started I slow. Cannot believe those words just slow. came out of your mouth. I'm, I'm now. You're making me want to take the Titans. Listen, I have Kansas City written down. I think but, Tennessee is fine, maybe even good, but I would not go nearly as far to say they are ridiculously good. Uh, this defense is very good, and Derrick Henry is it's above average doing Derrick Henry things in one game. No, look at Derrick Henry over the course of this season. Right now, he's sitting at 755 yards, which is great considering how slow he started. He had 219 rushing yards last game. Right, that's what I'm saying, in one game. That's ridiculous. Uh, he has only had less than 100 yards for his first three games of the year. I told you, they started slow. And then it's been 114, 102, 128, 219. I'm just, I'm, I'm not a believer yet. If they win on Sunday, maybe I will be. I don't see that happening. I have the Chiefs 
Who you got, man? <sighs> it's frustrating. I will say I will say this game has potential to be good. Potential. Will it live the up to Titans, that? I don't think so. The Titans have a top ten defense. It has potential to be good. It also has potential for Patrick Mahomes to go out and throw four touchdowns and four hundred yards. Kansas City has a bottom ten defense. And Tennessee has a top ten defense with them getting blown out by Buffalo 41-7 to in the second game of the season. And they have a top-10 defense. I'm just I'm just saying, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. You want to make it spicy and pick the, the Titans? No, but I would absolutely pick against the spread. Because here's, here's the thing. How do you beat Patrick Mahomes? How do you beat any great quarterback? Pressure the heck out of him? No, you keep the ball away from them. I mean, that's you. You hold the ball. What do the Titans do better than literally everybody else in the entire NFL? That's fair. They hold the ball. That's so, fair. But we also we also all know that it doesn't matter how much time you give Patrick Mahomes. But when you have a team that their defense is going to come out rested and the the opposing Kansas City's defense is going to get tired real fast trying to stop Derrick Henry, then the Titans defense is going to be fresh frequently. I just think this game has upset potential, but I'm not I'm not sold on him on the Titans outright being better than Kansas City in Kansas City. So you're trying to sell me on it, but you won't buy it yourself. No, no. I just want to give Tennessee <laughs> credit. And when this game is closer than everybody thinks, or or if Tennessee does pop out a win, and, and it's because they dominated the time of possession. Derrick Henry was great. Kansas City's defense was tired. I want I want people to know that I saw it coming. Okay. But All I right. don't think that's gonna be what happens. Sure. Or or if it does if it is what happens, I still think that Kansas City has enough in the tank to overcome Tennessee. Okay. So we're both we're both rolling with Kansas City despite you putting up quite the argument for Tennessee. I just think 12 and a half points is disrespectful. Okay. okay. Disrespectful to a team with the exact same record. Okay. Don't you don't you patronizingly okay me? Moving over to Monday night like football. You didn't pick the Panthers to beat the Bengals. The Bengals are in a vulnerable a vulnerable spot, man. The Chiefs are not. Chiefs have a Panthers are still the Panthers. Yes. But they're starting an XFL quarterback. Okay, we're not going to get into the quality of developmental league quarterbacks. I mean, okay. Okay, agree to disagree, but we'll see. We will see! Moving over to Monday Night Football, we have the Baltimore Ravens making their way down to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. The Ravens on the road are three-point favorites, which might be a little disrespectful to a Saints team that just blew out a team 24 nothing. But I think it's fair because Baltimore is the better team, hence why I'm picking them. Uh, I don't have much to say here. I just don't think the Saints are very good. I think they've gotten lucky in their couple of wins, uh, and they've had good quality quarterback play from um, um, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton uh, to keep them alive in games. Um, but I'm rolling with, with Baltimore. I think they're a better team, and I think they're they're going to come out and and. Lay the smackdown on a bum Saints team. Who you got, man? 
Yeah. Uh, Saints have already lost the bird gauntlet. They're playing for nothing at this point. Uh, yep. So I think that uh, Ravens are the better team in literally every aspect but running back uh, and maybe yep. wide receiver. I'd probably give wide receiver to the Saints. Um, so, yeah, give me the give me the Ravens in this game. Not close. Yep, yep, I'm with you. Well, that will got do it. Handful of teams on bye this week. We do. Who, Browns, who we Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers all sitting out this week and watching on their couches like the rest of us. Yeah, a handful of the heavy hitters, the Giants and Cowboys and and uh 49ers. Yep. <clears throat> But as always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. If you're not watching us on YouTube, come over, hang out, watch us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at Booth Review Pod. Uh, come hang out. Click that subscribe button so you know every single time that we go live. Uh, and if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get, else you get your podcasts, hey, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow our socials, go for it. We don't use them, but you can certainly try and interact with us on there. Uh, as always, hop into the Discord. That's where the, the fun stuff's going down. But yeah, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And I think that's that. That's that.